Welcome to the Unqualified and Unafraid podcast. My name is Jess and I'm a film student, creative and media nerd here to talk about things I'm not qualified to talk about. I'm joined with the lovely Holly Muki, a fellow Kangaroo Island girl. Holly is going after her dreams by studying marine science all the way in North Queensland. Scrolling through her beautifully curated Instagram, her love for the ocean is obvious. Ask anyone what Holly is up to and the answer is probably something wild like going on a yachting adventure with her family or diving on the Great Barrier Reef. Please keep in mind that this episode is recorded remotely, meaning we are each recording our own audio. So apologies for any sound quality issues. So it's actually been, as we were just saying, way too long since we've properly caught up. So I'm so excited to like hear what you've been up to over the years. I'm so excited, oh my goodness. I feel like we've got three years to catch up on. Yeah, we really have. So how are you going with self-isolating and online schooling at the moment? Yeah, it's been really interesting, but uni has been so good about it. The biggest change, obviously, is I'm interstate. So even like all of my exams, the time difference and everything, and then I'm also working out not having labs or anything. So they've changed all of our assessment. But overall, not bad. I think, I mean, I'm taking classes that are okay to take online, chemistry and maths. I'm just watching lectures and then filling out online exams so you obviously love the ocean I'm just wondering where do you think this passion stems from yeah very good question I think obviously growing up on an island it has a big thing lots to do with it um I think also like my parents mum has always been an avid sailor and everything and growing up weekends were always about ocean adventures with my brothers our family has a lot to do with it but then I don't know, I've never been somewhere that I get that much joy, but it's also so humbling, like a wave just knocks me over and then teaches you so much. Yeah, I can't see myself not doing something based around it. So you also grew up on Kangaroo Island. Um, do you think that growing up literally girt by sea can give someone a unique relationship with the ocean? And maybe describe how you think that relationship is different to maybe city people who don't live near a beach? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually so interesting. I um got to go to an islandness conference and like speak at it for school. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. And um they were people from all over the world that came to Kangaroo Island to speak about yeah, their experiences. And um all kind of speaking about like the psychological effect of yeah, so it's definitely like a thing people research. You can't get away from it. The ocean is everywhere. You have to you definitely has to be part of your life even if you don't choose it to be. It's something I definitely want to look more into. I would love to do a bit of research in terms of like psychology in the ocean and the way it affects people. Yeah. When I was making that little mini documentary with our other friends, Girt by Sea, I was thinking a lot about how to like kind of frame the ocean almost as its own character, I guess, in that, because I was thinking about how on one hand, it's the place where on an island you have most of your really good memories nearby, but also it can also be seen as what's trapping you on the island. So it's so such a bittersweet thing, I feel. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So many people, especially maybe other people that don't go out and enjoy it so much, like, on purpose, they definitely have such different... Yeah, it can either be your best friend or, yeah, such, like, an enemy to you. Yeah. And I love how you frame it in a personality as well because I feel like, yeah, the character of the ocean, like, I can't even get my head around it. It's insane. Ocean Mm. is definitely, like, my best friend. It's a bit (laughs) of a problem. I need to hang out with more humans, but... (laughs) Oh, well. As you said, your family... Oh, God, did you just hear my sheep? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want to see the sheep. It's the cutest thing ever. Oh. I'm crossing my fingers that she doesn't make noise for this whole recording, but <laughs> your family is incredibly outdoorsy. Um, You must feel so lucky that you get to do all of these cool things, like 
sailing and going traveling yeah absolutely I owe everything to like my parents and growing up adventure was like everything and I think most of it was that mum and dad even though we couldn't afford to go overseas and things being able to go on road trips and really prioritize like seeing our country first before we saw any other country and um learning about the history of where we're from was so beautiful and um yeah and then my brother having his boat and means lots of sailing adventures now even in Tasmania like interstate so so blessed I remember when we went to our little primary school of about 60 people and we were like the two people who kind of did a lot of um traveling up north our families had really similar ethoses about see your own country first and learn about all the different places in your country and like know the true history and stuff like that which is so cool absolutely mum is the most open-minded person I know but she's never left Australia and she doesn't even like feel like she needs to yet she hasn't seen enough of yeah. Australia or experienced <laughs> enough and just to always have that mindset to yeah really know our own country and so many people I know um haven't seen outside of like our own state before mm. they go overseas yeah and even learning the history, because I feel like in school, obviously, we're not really taught enough mm. or the right things about, yeah, Indigenous history and all things that have happened, going up north and going, yeah, to the national parks and hearing from, like, the traditional owners, I think is so important, yeah. For sure. When was the point that you knew you wanted to move to Townsville and study marine science? Oh, I'm a bit embarrassed. I um, <laughs> didn't know until, like, you start making your uni applications. Mm-hmm. So I was working towards being an occupational therapist my whole time at school. I couldn't decide between the environment and people, um, mm. but I decided to do marine science because people always told me I shouldn't do it because I won't get a job. And um, oh, that makes you I rebel. Thought I as, yeah, <laughs> I thought I may as well. And I also really want to do something later with people, but I wanted to have this experience first yeah. when I was young. I mean, help the environment helps the people, so... <laughs> Exactly. And I figure now we need the environment more than anything can if we can't protect it now. There's not going to be any children left to look after. You know, <laughs> like exactly. it's so, it's quite like morbid, but I feel like it's so full on and we can't ignore it. Like yeah. if we're not looking after the environment right now, if every young person's not doing what they can. Yeah, what for sure. Do? For sure. I personally know nothing about Townsville, which is where you study. Well, is it where you study or is it where you Yes. Do? It okay. is where oh, I live in, well, I don't know. I call Kangaroo Island home still, but I do spend, obviously, the school semester in Townsville. Oh, right. Okay. It'll never be home. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm starting to call it home a little bit, but then I'm like, oh, am I betraying my real home? Like, yeah. it's confusing having two homes. I really hate mm. it. You'd find that, I suppose, Adelaide and KI. Yeah, a bit. I don't know. Like, I suppose it's a different relationship with both. With mm-hmm. Kangaroo Island, that's always going to be my home, but... I don't want to ever live there, but even though that's kind of the mm-hmm. definition of a home, so... <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> crazy. Weird. I'm a bit the same, actually, even though I'm living here, like, now, obviously, and I do always want to be able to come back, especially in summer. Yeah. Um, I can't see myself living here, like, year-round ever again. Yeah. But. It's honestly... KI is a totally different different place in summer. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So... Townsville, what are your likes and your dislikes of it? The pros and the cons. Okay, I'm going to try and be really nice because I've definitely been <laughs> so rude about Townsville the last year, but I'm learning Aww. to love it. I'm learning to love it. I Feel think... free to rant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, obviously, when you live alone in a city on your own and then you miss... Oh, that rhymed. And you miss your home. Wow, this is too much. Oh my goodness, that was weird. <laughs> um, I think you're obviously going to have like kind of negative connotations with when it's not somewhere you want to be at first. Um, yeah. 
but I'm so grateful everyone I've met there has been absolutely beautiful and the town itself it's just I think coming from a small community where I feel really safe it does have really high crime rates and it has which and it has so it's quite a scary city to be a single girl kind of living on your own my house I was a bit stupid and instead of living on campus I got a little flatmate's share house and mm-hmm. um so little 18 year old holly rocks up at the share house with <laughs> no landlord to greet her just a keys in the mailbox and no wow. housemates home Aww. and so for the first semester my housemates all just kind of weren't home or only were in their rooms which after living in a family like my whole life with like siblings mm. are so loud um <laughs> it's kind of scary like at night I'd be home alone in this house and I live my house is beautiful it's like a tree house but it's so open like you can see in from the street pretty much into my kitchen oh, wow. so like living like so it's kind of scary I don't know Townsville's definitely had me scared most of the time I've lived there but <laughs> I live and I also live like really close to the main city center so it's quite noisy but um it's so beautiful and I'm learning to love it we have a beautiful little island just off the coast Maggie oh uh, magnetic island and it's so beautiful out there the vibe is so different though I think I really hate um cities with industrial like vibe feeling. yeah yeah and Townsville really has that North Australian industrial feeling mm. kind of like I don't know like Port Hedland kind of vibe oh um, okay right which I'm never liked like and it's, m- mining or like I don't know yeah kind of well so Townsville is I should have probably prefaced this first Townsville is either like there's a big army base there so most people mm-hmm. that live in Townsville either live there to be in the military or they've put James Cook Uni there, so either you're kind of studying in the army or you're serving, like, one of those kind of jobs. It's kind of... Or it is, like, a big centre for all the big station communities to come into, so there's, like, good hospitals and things like that. But it's oh, definitely yeah. more of a transient city, like, for farmers or you're left the army, um, which is a really different feeling compared to, like, a town that people are in the location because they love the location. Like, I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Um and it's really dry. It's really like <laughs> it's, it's in a rain shadow. Um, but admittedly, I've always missed the wet season because I haven't been there yet for it. So okay. I was meant to be experiencing the greenery right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, so Townsville, it's a love hate relationship. I'm getting there. The campus, like uni, though, is absolutely beautiful. It's such a beautiful campus. And there's some really special spots. Like there's national parks all around Townsville, waterfalls we go to on the weekends. I can't complain, really, actually. I walk on the beach in the morning before uni. Then there's an island on the weekends, waterfalls. So I am really lucky. Yeah, it's beautiful. And your house, from what you post on your Instagram, looks really cute. Yeah. I'm always seeing you with captioning it. Tree house. I'm like, oh, living the dream. (laughs) It actually, I'm so lucky. I found it while I was in Asia. I found it on Flatbed. Oh. (laughs) So the day I was going to sign... um, like documents to live on campus and I just didn't feel right about it Mm. I was going to be going for the cheapest option and it was so crappy the rooms were so small and it was one that you had to cater for yourself but there was like no real facilities and it was I don't know it just didn't feel right so then that day Mm. one of my friends like Isa who's traveled everywhere and she's so brave and she's like just go on flatmates that's Mm. how I found my house and then this one came up straight away even though it was super expensive it's got wooden floors and little French doors like I couldn't not Aww. It's so cute. Like, I couldn't not like it. And yeah. then I ended up, yeah, signing the lease while I was overseas, sending, like, photos of my passport for my ID. My mum was doing stuff for me. Like, pretty hectic. My top tip is actually look at your house in person before you sign your lease because my room actually had no sunlight. It was so terrible. Oh, <laughs> the wow. first semester was pretty rough. Like, absolutely beautiful house. But my room, because it, it's so old, my room's in the middle and it didn't have any direct light, which you know me I love the sun like you can't have no sunlight in your room so that yeah. was definitely like 
a struggle but my house yeah it's absolutely beautiful I think it's like hundreds of years old surrounded by palm trees and huge frangipani trees oh um, awesome yeah it's so beautiful and now so tropical I've moved into another room which has yeah beautiful French windows opening up onto frangipani trees like it's like heaven I can't even believe it's my room that is so cool did one of your housemates move out and then you were like I'm snapping up their room a hundred percent as soon as she started talking about it I was like so um I'm getting you were like no I'm getting don't your room. go yeah <laughs> please don't go but also like can I have a tour of your room I gotta plan my furniture and then after she moved out the room was kind of left for a week while they were working out the bond and all the like I don't know official stuff but I would literally go into that room like every day and be like okay I'm gonna put my plant here my desk here oh my I'm s- that's definitely illegal but um <laughs> my landlord is actually my neighbor so that's oh. fun um but it's nice because it feels a bit safer and he's got his yeah, kids and yeah. his wife um and he was so good about it he's like yeah you can move in so in one afternoon I like moved everything in I was like on my own moving beds and like everything um because I was so excited to have a room yeah with beautiful windows but now I've got the most beautiful housemates um even though they kind of had to leave so it's kind of weird though people come and go okay. every three months I haven't like I'm gonna go home to two more people in my house that I haven't met it's oh kind my of gosh weird... that's so weird it's kind of hard to get used to actually mm. like even while I was living there I had I don't know two new girls moving in and we have four people at all times but people always coming and going mm. which is a little bit tricky but I've definitely made it like my home I've got like yeah. so many plants it's beautiful are you gonna live on campus next semester yeah Definitely next semester. And I'm also just thinking of staying there at the moment for the rest of my two years as well. Because, well, because I basically missed out on the whole first semester, I feel Mm. like it's the time there is going to go by so fast. So, absolutely. It's also just the most convenient place. I probably wouldn't live around that area. In, um, if I wasn't studying there so I may as well just live on the campus since that's why mm. I'm there. Yeah no absolutely living on campus seems like so much fun if it wasn't so expensive in Queensland I definitely would have mm. but um, now all my friends that lived on campus live off in my side of town so it's oh, yeah, that's cool. We already kind of touched on this but um, I wanted to talk to you about how it felt to move so far away from your little old island home it's not just across the water it's literally in a whole different state so I've always been really independent and I've never really felt homesick like even the first semester I wasn't really homesick at all too bad um and I think coming from just traveling overseas for five weeks and then road tripping for another month like I was already in that kind of independent traveling mindset so that definitely helped like I wasn't coming from like comfy at home with mum cooking dinner and then going I'd already had a whole summer working like hustling to make the money to travel and then I've kind of been doing things on my own for like six months um that definitely helped and then I don't know I honestly now I think I wouldn't have been able to do it but at the time I was just so ready and like I don't know how I did it to be honest because my housemates were so strange at first two weeks I hope they don't listen to this (laughs) yeah no I love them I love you all you're great um we actually end up becoming really good friends oh that's nice the little baby in the house I had to you know make us have dinner together and like cute things yeah. <laughs> um but no I honestly everyone I've met even in that house but they were just having their own like different lives and didn't really join in but once mm. we all like kind of got to know each other it was so beautiful maybe also a little bit ignorant it's like a cool idea to just live on the yeah, other side of the country yeah. and I probably didn't think about that much especially I didn't even my biggest tip now for kids moving interstate is to check if there's direct flights home because Townsville doesn't have any and I didn't even know oh, that. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that's so stupid, Holly. You should check <laughs> the flights. Um, so that was probably only the hardest thing is the one time I did feel like, oh, I 
would love to go home just for when I had a week off. The flats were going to cost nearly a grand to come home. And oh my, my and gosh. it's a, then two days of travel because I would have to drive to another airport and then come down. Mm. Um, and yeah, two days of travel, like that's like what my overseas friends have to do to get home. Like it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, it's like I live in another country, but it is amazing. And I absolutely like, I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. I, just, I can't see myself studying in South Australia at all. Yeah. Did you ever, did it ever cross your mind, what if I just stayed on Kangaroo Island? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. At first, it would definitely, all the time I was like, I could be at Flinders Mm. with my friends, like I could be with people I know. Um, 100% at the start, all the time I was like, oh, I still have a place at South Australia Uni, they don't know I'm in Queensland yet, like I could come back because I started mid-year, so I actually could have started at Flinders now. As soon as I had the first week, like the first week I'd made some of my best friends I've ever had. Wow, um, that's I awesome. think that helps so much. Every human in JCU, I swear, is like the coolest person Aww. I've ever met. And they're all there because they either care about the environment or like something really amazing. Mm. And yeah, I think it's just such a beautiful community yeah. of like like-minded people. It's actually, it surprised me so much how, how much easier it is to make friends in mm-hmm. starting uni compared to how it was when I first moved high schools. Mm-hmm. Because everybody is there for the same reason, so everything just happens way more naturally. Absolutely. It is so crazy. I think it's kind of, yeah, when you're in a, with like-minded people and you just get on straight away, I, and you get, yeah, I don't know, I've never met people that I have so many, like, similar views with. Yeah. It's just amazing. How long have you been, well, had you been <laughs> in Townsville <laughs> for? Just a year or? Yeah, I actually haven't even been there that long. It's kind of a bit silly. I started uni there last July, so a year ago now. And then the day after exams finished, I went up and started diving on the reef. So I was only there for the semester and then I was straight out. So I was only there for like four months. Yeah, not long at all. Mm. And then home for like two months, I think three months. And then straight back for only another six weeks and now I'm home again. So really I've been like supposed to have been there for a year but I've only really been there for like six months I guess it's exciting that Mm because you still get to change your opinion on it and like find out new things about the area and stuff absolutely yeah I learned something new about Townsville all the time and I didn't even realize like there's such a huge yeah indigenous population up there and so many interesting like national parks I haven't been to so I am very excited to go back and learn lots about the area would you have any advice for people who are thinking of moving to Townsville as a student? Mm, okay. Um, yeah, so JCU is really, it's famous for its marine biology program all over the world. It's like one of the top ones for that. Um, I think it's also one of the only Australian unis that does marine science. That's why I'm there. But it's also a really big med uni. If you're interested in marine bio or med, JCU is like really, it's up there. <laughs> but um, advice-wise, like JCU has so many on-campus options it's kind of it feels really American like I know that's weird but like most of my friends are American and then we have so many colleges and like it feels like the movies which is so cool because I always wanted that like movie college vibe oh for South Australian students you put in a Queensland application as well as a South Australian one so it's really nice you always have backup so I could put in like preferences in Queensland applying through their QTAC system and then through SATAC as well what was the kind of driving factor that made you take this particular study path as a kid I used to always be like do I like dolphins or do I like people (laughs) like I used to always not be able to decide whether or not I want to be a marine biologist or marine scientist or a teacher Mm. kind of OT kind of humans vibe I can't see like a way you can have an ethical 
job like I couldn't live with myself if I was just I don't know going after like money or managing like some cup I don't know I could never I don't want to make myself sound like a martyr or like (laughs) it's a bit morbid but I don't think young people we don't have like the freedom personally I don't think I could just choose like to study fashion design fast fashion something like fun when the earth is the way it is I think we need to be a bit more mindful that our jobs will there's no excuses for us like we know better yeah yeah. 100% and I think that's probably so many young people don't have well a lot of people have met, do have that opinion but also I don't know if that's quite I don't know how to articulate that that I want I couldn't live with myself if I wasn't doing a job yeah. that was going to make the planet better yeah like I want to leave the place better than when I came yeah or at least tread lightly enough that I'm not making a bad impact yeah <laughs> I feel similarly but I don't know whether it's more of a selfish take on it because I've always just felt a need to leave a legacy and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of the same thing it could be coming from a more selfish angle no you want to do something with your life that can be still lasting when you're not here anymore that's why I like creative stuff as well you're putting a piece of yourself out into the world and stuff oh that's so lovely I love that this question I'm excited to ask. So is there a reason why you didn't just go straight for a job where you could be in the water all day and chose to study instead? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this gets me every day because I also am like, uni is such an old system. We're in the future. What are we doing? Like I could learn things on Google. I can Google this. What am I doing with myself? So I kind of every day I'm honestly debating, Holly, studying maths you hate it and also is it really useful you've got a calculator like they're assessing you without a calculator this is stupid um and yeah I could be like a tour guide on the reef and be in the water all day every day so it does kind of hurt like I honestly I don't even know if I made the right decision I don't know if studying at university anymore is the best option when I'm not 100% set on a traditional like marine science role like I'd love to diversify a little bit and work with people a bit more So then probably I should be just doing my own thing. So I honestly don't know. I feel like I'm I'm, injecting doubt into you. No, I need it. Like, I debate this with myself daily. But I think I am learning more and more every day that I'm so stupid. Like, I don't know anything. Like, chemistry? I didn't even know what chemistry was. Like, there's so much I have left to learn, especially in, like, the science field. Scientists are just the smart. I don't even know how they know so much. And to be able to even have like a quarter of that knowledge about the environment and so yeah I am I'm getting more like leaning towards that I'm so glad that I'm studying but it does suck you're sitting inside and it's a beautiful day and I should like why am I here because I'm supposed to be in the water but anyway mm. well I was gonna just say up in Townsville but I suppose you can also talk about when you were traveling Asia as well and stuff where you just kind of thought to yourself I can't believe that this is really happening right now <laughs> I, I honestly have that moment even like when I'm home like every day I feel like I can't I can't believe my life is not <laughs> I'm so grateful especially on the reef like the Great Bay Reef I am in awe that I've had that much time mm. out there like staying overnight on the reef and you wake up I can't believe it's real life it's oh it's the best thing ever it's yeah traveling Asia every day I couldn't believe it was real even in the even, hospital yeah, at uni I'm like wow um, <laughs> Yeah, even in the hospital, <laughs> even on the back of a little scooter and I wasn't sure if I was getting kidnapped or not or if they were taking me to Ava. Like, oh, even walking along the side of a highway on my own with the streets flooded, Whoa. no electricity in Asia. I was still like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing. Like, I can't believe I'm lucky enough to yeah. be here. 
So you've spent quite a bit of time on the reef, as you said, and I don't actually know really anything about the reef, but I know that there's coral bleaching going on. I don't know if you want to explain that from a marine science perspective. <laughs> Ooh, I would love to. Well, firstly, I don't know enough. I'm definitely, I'm learning more and more every day. Um, and I really, I can't wait to go to the reef more of like a research, like kind of trip. I've only gone volunteering on a big tourist boat honestly and then I volunteered to get dives for myself and do courses so that's all been kind of off my own back just because I really want to be out there coral bleaching on is such a it's it's so devastating but it depends who you speak to the way the reef's going like so many people at uni every day I'm hearing like well the reef's dying anyway what are you doing like like it's pretty more yeah it's pretty it's pretty full-on but what coral bleaching is that coral are little obviously they're little animals they're little tentacles and to get um energy they photosynthesize with a plankton oh is that a plankton yes Mm -hmm. zooplankton called zooxanthellae and it goes inside of they like absorb it into their body so this little animal has little plankton living inside it little symbiotic relationship it's so beautiful like so cool and then the zooxanthellae are what provides this color as well because they i think it's like the chlorophyll takes the photosynthesis i don't know i had to write a little essay on this for my grades but i forgot um but yeah they photosynthesize to give it energy but then when the water gets too warm it's like too efficient and they work in overdrive and then it becomes toxic because the waste they're normally producing is like too much and it poisons the coral. So then to stop that happening, the coral like spit out the little plankton and that's why oh. they turn white. So the plankton is what gives it its color. Um, and then they, I'm pretty sure this is a very like, I'm a first year, just don't judge me, <laughs> but um, okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they spit out the little Zuzanthele plankton and then they can retake it up if it the water returns like colder temperatures again but if it doesn't that's when algae starts growing and then there's no really return and they lose their because they can't get energy without the plankton and that's a really basic reason but that's what's happening all over the reef i probably and... couldn't understand anything more <laughs> than basic so <laughs> yeah i hope that was like made sense but yeah so they spit out the plankton and then they die because they can't get food anymore that's pretty much what happens. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> sorry, that's really sad. But really cool stuff. One of my best friends up there, her partner actually works for the Institute of Marine Science. Coolest contact ever. He's the best. But he is actually working in, like, coral bleaching and coral, like... What's the word? What is the word when you make it stronger? Coral, like, resilience against, like, factors of, like, heat and chemicals and stuff like that. And there's so much cool science that's happening right now. So hopefully we'll have some cool answers. Is there any kind of initiatives that the everyday person can just maybe sign a petition or donate to with that? Or is it just kind of up to the scientists to start developing stuff? No, absolutely. I think that's the biggest gap is the reason why we have so many problems is that scientists are all in their own science communities and there's not enough communication to everyday people, which is where obviously the majority of like, I don't know, votes come from and money comes from. Like we need the majority Mm. to understand the issues, not just scientists. And I've had so many really interesting conversations about how we need more communicators in the science field instead of Mm. just speaking amongst each other in like fancy words and then yeah. no one's learning so in terms of petitions and things I can't think of any on the top of my head but um, oh that's okay well def- maybe I'll just link some below maybe yes. if you send them to me I'll link it below oh I would love you to yes please obviously young people we do need to be reading information and like signing petitions and getting involved but even just experiencing it 
in making sure you try and book an ethical company or something so then because mm. obviously if you love something you're going to want to protect it and I think right now we need awareness as much as possible um because if you don't if it's out of mind like you're never gonna work to protect it so now we're going to talk about Instagram because it's my favorite app <laughs> oh my goodness me too I want to talk about it because your Instagram is so aesthetically pleasing and you can tell that you you know put some thought into it it's a little bit embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I love it. It's just like another art form. So your Instagram is at Holly Muki. For all the listeners, I'll spell it out for them so they can go follow you. Yeah, but thank you. For Ooh. all of the three listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. It's H-O-L-L-Y-M-U-E-C-K-E. How do you curate it? Like, do you have any kind of strategies that you use to choose what photos to put up or editing techniques and stuff yeah it's a little bit embarrassing honestly when I think about how much time I spend ending photos and I have like like 300 followers like Holly what are you doing this is a waste of time but I just do it for myself <laughs> like I forget other people see it I just I think maybe it's a Libra thing I like the aesthetic I love making it look pretty um but in terms of ending I love Lightroom it is so I love that it has like you have all the details. I don't want to filter, like I want to do it myself. So I um yeah. I love you can edit every color. So I use Lightroom for all of my photos. Well, unless it's just without a filter. And then film as well. Yeah. I I'm absolutely I know it's a trend like all young people like we love film, <laughs> I can't lie. But yeah. I lo- I could never capture the light the way I do on film with an I can't I don't know how to do it like it looks so good on film so I definitely I don't really edit my film photos I just put them up raw because I think they look so beautiful um yeah yeah and because film is generally lower quality than digital sometimes if you edit the film it kind of looks like worse quality if that makes sense like if you saturate it too much and stuff yeah the grain just comes out so much um yeah Mm. so film and then I've recently on you know how you get like a little preview app so you can see what your photos are gonna look like on the oh, yeah. I've never had that. I've always just post like three and then I delete them really quick. And honestly I do that oh, every yeah. I day. See you do yeah. That. And people catch me and they message me and they're like, Holly, like what are you doing? I get it like I used to get that every day. People are like, Holly, like we can see that you post and delete photos and I could it was honestly I was in denial getting another app because I was like, I don't want Instagram to take more of my time that I downloaded another app for it. Um but I have since now got a preview app. And it has, honestly, I think it's helped a lot of people's little notifications of people like, some of my <laughs> friends have, what is it like when you have a notification Notification if you post something? Oh, yeah. I can't imagine something post more annoying for me because I used to post like 10 photos a day and delete them. Like, oh, those poor people. <laughs> but yeah, now I have a preview app and that's even more addicting because I'm like moving them all around to get the colours right. And... Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But I don't know how, I, I think I just try and make it look cute I don't know I just try and also not stress too much because I know like people get annoyed when you post too much but I don't really care like it's for me and I like that it's a journal of like they can just unfollow you yeah 100% (laughs) people say that to me just unfollow me honestly um because it's for myself um (laughs) but I love that it's a journal of like where I've been and like just like my favorite little moments I honestly I stalk myself too much because I just like looking at the memories. I do that too. Like it's embarrassing, but I just like the memories of it. So here I am watching my own highlights. I'm like, Holly, this is a bit weird, but oh, oh no, but, I always oh. watch my own highlights. Mm-hmm. It's like the highlighter for a reason. They're, they're your memories. Exactly. But then I always have to remember, like Instagram's gonna not be around forever, and that kind of like it's a weird thought to True, have. Like, but like, yeah, actually, that is so weird. But like. I've never thought about it, but when someone tells you that, like, it takes you a bit, like, all that isn't real. Like, it's an app and it can be 
become like not trendy or delete itself like yeah it's so weird we put so much energy onto this little like Mm. thing on the internet and it might not be around forever if i've posted photos on instagram i'll just delete them off my phone because i know that they'll always be on instagram (laughs) no but maybe that's not true Jess, you can't keep the photos saved <laughs> on Instagram. Also, it kills the quality. It t- ruins the quality yeah. of them when you put them on there. Not my no, good photos, do though. Like, with my good photos, okay, I have good. them, like, on my hard drive. But with my photos that are just, okay, like, good. taken on my iPhone, I don't yeah. really care too much about them. So maybe if you described the aesthetic of your Instagram a little bit, just nerding out about it. <laughs> Be- I don't want to say beachy, like that's kind of like a bit cringy, but... Well, it is. It's 100% beachy. No, yeah, beachy, definitely. Hopefully, like, nature-inspired. I don't think there's really any photos inside. Um, mostly, yeah, outdoorsy, adventure, beachy, but also just scenery. Mm. Like, I love capturing the small things like I don't know the light in a little Aww. bit of a rock pool or the little leaves what's your relationship with social media because obviously you use it as a creative outlet how do you kind of stay conscious and positive when you're using it and looking at other people's stuff yeah that's such a good question and I definitely I'm not in the best place I've been with social media like over my life I've always been really conscious of not spending too much time on it not comparing myself and other things but over the recent like isolation everything it's so easy to be distracted on social media so when I don't want to like think about everything that's going on you can just go on social media I think it's really important to only follow the people that inspire you so it's bad like it's kind of problematic because I spend so much time but also the people I follow are really I love what they put out I love their content or their information or their stories they share so mm, to stay positive I think you got to go through who you're following and cull it all the time. Yeah. Make sure you curate, curate your following, like who you're following. Otherwise it can be such a toxic place. But if you're following like empowering people, there's so many, yeah, incredible accounts. I think it can be a really helpful and educational tool if you're following the right people. Clearly you're passionate about the environment. And I was just wondering whether you have any sustainable swaps that you use. Oh, this is such a good question. What I really focus on in terms of like consumption is obviously like limiting your plastic use and then trying to like have sustainable transport, which is really hard, obviously. Um, But fast fashion is like my number one. Like it's so easy to switch that out. And if you're not like it makes me a little bit angry now if you're a young person still just like. I don't know shopping online mm. like all the time I'm not I'm not gonna shame you like every now and then get something cute absolutely but we need to be so mindful yeah. of where we get yeah. our things from so the biggest swap I think is easiest is mm. your fashion like secondhand shopping it's the funnest thing ever like I love op shopping more than anything and then you get unique things and you can like make it cool like stitch it up yourself or like get someone get your friend to um but yeah so definitely secondhand shopping yeah. Or just, like, researching the brands that you shop with. Even, I'm trying to get myself to do this more, but, like, when you need to buy something, like, you don't actually need it. I think being just mindful of, like, how much we consume things for no reason. And then last year, my aim was to not buy anything new unless it was 
bikinis because I'm a bit of an addict and then unless it was like a bikini I needed or something yeah like it was broken I really really needed it except op shopping I let myself go crazy with op shopping because that's fine um save all your little bags of your frozen berries like great ziploc bags for your other leftovers in the fridge carrot sticks put them in a ziploc bag like my housemates think I'm crazy but I've got so many jars and like so many things in stores these days come from Ziploc bags. Right. Just keep them and then you're good to go. You don't need silicon bags. Good idea. I'm going to use that one. Even just challenging yourself, don't let yourself buy Glad Wrap and then you're going to find other ways to do do things. <laughs> when I was at the unit, I was like, okay, I'm not going to use Glad Wrap anymore. And then my parents bought me a few things. Oh, no, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> they're always trying to make sure I'm like stocked up on it, everything. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Glad Wrap and it's like, oh. No, I have to mm-hmm. use it. But another really great thing when you're supermarket shopping, if I see young people using plastic bags these days, like to get your vegetables, mm. there's no there's no excuse. Use a mushroom yeah. bag. Like go over yeah. to the mushroom thing, get a paper bag. Um, that's probably my biggest thing. I always tell dad that. Just get the mushroom bag for your vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I do that as well. But I always feel like a weirdo. Like I always... <gasps> I always feel like no, someone's going to tell me off at the checkout, like, oh, this is for the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, just explain. I think they'd rather, I don't know. I feel like people these days, hopefully they'd respect that you're trying to do the right thing. Why do you think it's important for people to be making these little changes? Because I know that some people get a bit discouraged because they're like, our tiny individual changes aren't going to make a difference on the world. Do you believe that it actually does make a widespread change? I really do, but I've definitely struggled with that myself. For so long, I was, like, so hopeful. Like, I don't know, I feel like when you're exposed to more and more, like, I don't know, articles and what's happening, it is really easy to be discouraged, especially as young people, especially before you're able to float and things. Um to not that's why I used to put a lot of it on social media and then I kind of stopped myself because like what are the young girls that following me really impacting the planet with like Mm. they're not putting their money in super that's going to mining companies you know like I don't want to put extra stress on young people to be but like but also I'm learning now that the more I don't know awareness that young people have now is so important so I'm trying to share more about that kind of stuff but um definitely I do really believe that everyone's small actions make a difference and I love that quote about everyone like we don't need people doing it perfectly but lots of people doing it imperfectly I love that quote I listen to that I read that all the time because I really believe that and even if I don't know you don't want to cut meat out of your diet but you're really trying your best not to buy fast fashion and you're not using single-use plastic all the time like that impact is still so huge if everyone's doing small things yeah I really believe that but it's so hard to to see the change when it's just yourself I don't know it is really tricky something that's quite interesting is I guess a sustainability has really become associated with a style an aesthetic I guess it and I think that's kind of due to the way that brands have tried to sell sustainable products and there's a real lack of diversity in those products like the style of them there's kind of this stereotype that you have to be this style or you have to be like a hippie to be sustainable yeah in a way if people just realize that it's not like a subculture it should be the dominant culture absolutely Absolutely. That's such an issue. I've never really thought about it like that, but you're right. I think maybe because I associate myself as like a little beach, like hippie. And I'm so, so then when I look for sustainable clothing, like it, it does fit my aesthetic and what I would like to purchase. But then I suppose if I think about other people that don't fit that little box, it is such a small, a small, I don't know, what's the word for that? Style, I guess, range. Yeah. For range of products that are sustainable 
that fit like a yeah like a trend as an aesthetic but I think as well as like wellness is a trend obviously sustainability is like growing awareness but now it's also so many companies are like greenwashing I love that term it's so interesting I need to research it a lot more but so many companies um are doing things like that and then you look into it it's not even ethical like they've just put a leaf on the packet and said eco in front of it or something (laughs) like it's not real it's so bad so it is so hard for young people trying to do the right thing without if you don't have time to do background research like you're never really gonna you can't really trust it which is so tricky but I love that like that point about different style in sustainable like ethical ways I've never really thought about I've never thought about that it's so interesting I don't even know we need other big companies. We need companies that make, like, what's another style? Streetwear. If I'm looking for something, some clothes or whatever, I'll go to an op shop, and that obviously has a massive range of different styles. But if you want to actually buy something new, when you go onto sustainable mm-hmm. fashion sites, it's always kind of white, grey basics, all kind of the same colours. Mm-hmm a lot of flowy stuff and sometimes I like to dress a little bit bolder maybe I want like a rainbow sweater Mm -hmm. or something you just wouldn't really find many of those Mm. companies who are producing actually bold statement pieces yeah sustainable companies we need to get on that but I think it was also really tricky with like the color things because it's using natural dyes that is restrictions on like what you can do but I think technology now surely we can get some rainbows out of these natural dyes like (laughs) where are the rainbow clothes (laughs) yeah but that's such a good point because that's my aesthetic like oh like white clothes I don't want to wear anything else but Mm. for people that do have different style sustainable I've never even thought about that I'm so judgmental and here I've never thought about other styles (laughs) oh speaking of can I quickly comment on the sustainable clothing one of the companies or it's not a company but Instagram page I've learned so much from these girls I think they have a podcast as well but that's called stories behind things and it's kind of talking about being more mindful about like the clothes that you buy and like the stories obviously behind like what we wear and things and highly highly recommend their stuff just wondering if you have any advice to all the country kids out there who have grown up in a small town and are thinking about moving away to study but might feel a bit scared or nervous about it or feel like they're not cut out for it or something like that. Well, firstly, obviously we've been speaking about technology so much. FaceTime is like your best friend. So you can never be worried that you're not going to be able to connect with people from home because I think that's such a big thing is losing those friendships. But you've got FaceTime, you'll be fine. And then also, I think we're so lucky to not grow up in the city where it's like so pressured to always be working and doing and... I don't know, that hustle of city life that is exhausting. I think remembering that Mm. you have other values and other things you enjoy gives you so much power, like, to be able to see life from that different perspective and, like, a little bit bit more, I don't know if mindful is the right word, but a little bit more, like, you have other values. I think remembering remembering your roots, as country as that sounds, but, like, Yeah. yeah, remembering that it's actually such a blessing to have a different perspective going into a city lifestyle because then you can enjoy it a little bit more. And I think it actually gives you an edge as well. Some people have lived in the city their whole life and in their one city. When you've actually experienced country life, which is just so vastly different, you've actually got a more unique life experience. So I think that's important to remember because that could actually give you the upper hand on like different things, whether it's job opportunities or just even making friends and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely in light of the Black Lives Matter protests happening not only in the US but also here in Australia. I thought maybe 
it would be nice to share some resources that we've read or watched that have opened our minds to racism and what's going on in our own country. Do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that I haven't got too many suggestions yet because I have which I know is such a bad thing that I've been studying so much I haven't been able to do as much learning as I would have liked to this last few weeks but now that is my priority um but who a beautiful professor I have been following for the last probably year is still my suggestion to everyone like my biggest recommendation her name is Rachel Cargill she's been so instrumental in the US at the moment um and her kind of what she's famous for is she does lectures on racism but she frames it in the light of feminism and especially white feminism because so many it's really sad but obviously people that aren't black can't really get like it's hard to put yourself in that lived experience and then like without that experience you're not really going to be able to fully ever empathize emphasize with people Um, so oh yeah empathize sorry that's what um that's embarrassing um but women are able to obviously understand the way that misogyny affects them and by framing it that way it's just really really clever really insightful but also it's really uncomfortable to read like I remember so before obviously all this movement has been happening I've definitely been struggling with my own white guilt and like understanding my privilege for the last few years which does make me more upset I haven't done more of the last few years to act a bit more onto it um but yeah just her stuff is so incredibly written absolutely recommend her Her instagram page is amazing she has a foundation for young pretty sure young women of color for like free mental health services for them she also owns a bookstore which amplifies women authors of color so really she's just incredible she does a lot of like live lectures and things um that's cool but yeah she's probably my number one recommendation Awesome, great one. I wanted to mention a young woman called Aretha Brown. She's um from Melbourne. She has a YouTube channel and um she talks about racism in Australia and Indigenous culture. She's also a really talented artist as well. So she's also talked about like her art on her channel. Her videos are really easy to digest. If you don't want to do lots of reading and stuff, if that's not really how you learn, like it's good because it's in video form. Some of her videos are called racism in Australian high schools and the biggest myths about Aboriginal culture, which are really good ones to watch. They taught me a lot. Did you have another one? Uh, I just started listening to the podcast and I followed them on Instagram. Titters for Titters, which I think means sisters for sisters. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love their stuff. But I've just started listening to a really interesting podcast about the stolen generation and how it's still kind of, or it's still happening in Australia. It's so obvious with the castration rates and like taking children out of their homes. Yeah, so their podcast as well. That's another, I suppose, way we can learn listening. My other one, well, it's a book by Marsha Langton and it's called, well, the full title is Well, I heard it on the radio and I saw it on the television, an essay for the Australian Film Commission on the politics and aesthetics of filmmaking by and about Aboriginal people and things. Long title. (laughs) But um, I actually haven't, like, read the entire book. I've referenced it and read sections of it for a lot of assignments because, obviously, I'm interested in media and film. So if anyone listening is also interested in those things, this is incredibly interesting to see how Indigenous people have been represented on our screens because as we all know film has a big impact on how we perceive things. 
Oh, amazing. If you could send me the links to the ones you talked about, I'll link all of these resources below. Well, we're pretty much finished. So thanks heaps for joining me and sharing your stories and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. If you guys want to follow Holly's journey, you can find her on Instagram at Holly Muki. And is there anything else that people should know about or check out online that you want me to shout out? Uh, I absolutely love, and especially in, yeah, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, but like change my life and everyone needs to watch them a style like you is such a beautiful mother duo mother daughter duo um they have a youtube channel and they interview people about their clothing choices but kind of just about their life story and it's this title style like you they get people to slowly like take off their clothes until they're sitting in their underwear kind of, as a representation of clothes and not what you wear it's what's underneath that's the name they introduce what's underneath and Jess, you would love them. They're so... Like, honestly, I feel like I'm who I am because of these interviews, like, growing up watching them. They're so vulnerable and beautiful. And they've done a lot... Um, I think they put out one the other day, which I haven't watched yet, with, with one of the Black Lives Matter, one of the main organisers. That's, like, my biggest recommendation ever to everyone. Style like you. Awesome. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your mates. For updates about the podcast, follow at Jess Jade on Instagram. That's at... J-E-S-S-J-A-A-D-E on Instagram and at U-N-U underscore podcast on Twitter. I look forward to bringing you more insightful conversations with creative people and people following their dreams. So keep your eye out for the next episode and thanks for listening.